Good evening, Owl Nation. It's Tuesday, October 13th. Owl or Nothing podcast. Chris Lynn, joined alongside by... Jay Turiano, Assistant Facilities Coordinator. Welcome. Welcome. How's it going? It's going well. So I'd like to address one thing right off the get-go. My absence on a couple podcasts. My son broke his arm. My five-year-old has a broken arm. Not healing properly. Lots of doctor appointments. How's he doing? In and out. That's uh, touching... Well, I mean, he's, he's fine. He's arm. Good. A lot of trouble getting doctors to fix his little five-year-old arm, though. They're so going to figure been, it out. I've been in and out of doctors. It's been crazy, this little arm. Who would have think this little arm would cause so much of a problem? Beats me. I know. It's nuts. Ken. How's he doing? Is he okay? Yeah, He's good. He good most importantly? Good spirits. He's in good spirits. I mean, we did have the kid walking around for a week without even knowing he had a broken arm, so this is a step in the right direction, the fact that he's got a, a cast on it and all that kind of stuff. So. Tough kid, huh? Yeah, sounds like a he tough is. kid. It's tough broken arm. Me. Wow. Yeah, it's been a while now, so it's been uh, it's been it's been a bit. A little disappointed today. Tough the night. Heat. Tough night for me last night. The Miami Heat. We just we didn't stand a chance. And now, normally I'd say I'm done with basketball and I'm on to Yankee baseball. Well, I would have been, but yeah, they lost as well. That doesn't work out. So now I have no sports to watch. Well, you can always watch the Tampa Bay Rays and the uh, nope Houston Astros or no. the Atlanta Braves and the L.A. Dodgers. No. We got a little Monday night football night and Tuesday night football tomorrow. Yeah, I'm not a football guy. It's weird for me to say You're that. You're just Southern football. In, just Southern yeah, football. Being that I do it so much, so it's it's not a football person. You're almost like not desensitized. That's not the word, but you're just not excited for it after you work with it all day. You right. work with it all day and you go home. And that's how I explain it to people that when I've done it for the whole week and then you travel on the weekends and you do like on Sunday, the last thing I want to do is put on football. And then... In my profession, which I'm probably in everybody's profession, what you do, like when you watch it on TV as an equipment, pro- I just nitpick stupid little equipment things like, ah, oh, jerseys, like I just, it's not fun for me. Yeah, we, as a, as a statistician, as an SID, like I watch games and I do code in my head. Right. Like the stack coding in my head. Right. It's That's not- impressive. You code while you're watching. That's impressive. Yeah. An enormous geek. <laughs> we all do it too. It's insane. That's crazy. That's absolutely nuts. Now, what do you do? Do you have any quirks when you watch games? Like, do you look at turf or something? I don't. Um, I mean, no, I don't look at turf. I normally just yell at the TV. As yell a fan, at, yeah, just upset just about as a it. Fan, yep. I just yell at the TV. Have you ever yelled or wanted to yell during a Southern Athletics event at like an official, or, or have you ever gotten like really fired up? Yes, but as a young professional, I try to not do that. I noticed that you just looked at the time that this whole conversation happened, and uh, with us today we have our head. Our new head women's gymnastics coach, Byron Knox. Byron, welcome. Thank you. Thank welcome you. Welcome to the show. So I, I, people think I'm joking, and, and Jay can do some of this, but the accolades are insane. The amount of accolades you have as a, as a student athlete, as a gymnast, as a coach, just you're, you're a graduate from Southern in 82. You were on the, the USA team in 82 as well. Is that right? Yep. Yep. And you were uh, at that in 78, the uh, Southern men's gymnastics team finished in third place. In Division One, because back then we were in Division One, he is uh, in the Connecticut Gymnastics Hall of Fame. He was the head gymnastics coach at UB for sixteen years. Sixteen years, and he he won a staggering six six national championships in a row, consecutive in a row. That's bonkers. my favorite. That's my bonkers. favorite stat right there, Coach. Absolutely bonkers. And the champion. And right then there. years after that, they were runners up. So it's. Um, I, and I could keep going. It's just absolutely insane the amount of accolades that you have. So we, we welcome you to the show. We welcome you back to Southern as as an alum, as our coach. We're excited to have you here. We're excited that you're going to be leading our gymnastics program in, into the next era. And we're excited to have you and talk to you and get to know you a little bit better. Hey, listen, it's great to be back. You know, I told the kids my first, uh, actually first day back, I said, listen, 
um, <clears throat> you know, this is your home, but this is my house. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. That's true. You did. You did help build this house. Yeah. You um. You know, when we had our men's gymnastics program, which prior to the show we were talking, I think 2004 was the last year we had that that program. It's been gone since 2004. But um, you know, you you were an athlete underneath arguably one of the greatest gymnastics coaches ever, right? Is that a safe thing to say, uh, Avery Grossfeld? One of the few living legends in, the, in any sport. What was it like to be uh, What was it like to be coached by somebody like that? Well, I'll tell you. Um, you know, I learned a lot by being in the same, you know, workout uh, atmosphere uh, with Abe, um, Abe Grossfeld. Uh, he, he taught many different guys, you know, a high level of gymnastics, and he used, uh, let's say, a, a different tool for each athlete. So it wasn't the same rule that applied to everyone. You know, he would tell me something a little bit different because, you know, being 6'2", I was like the tallest guy in the lane. <laughs> right. So, you know, he would definitely coach me a little bit different than he would coach all the 5'2 guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I've learned to uh, – and, and pay attention to what he was saying to everyone else. So when he looped back around to me, he didn't have to tell me, you know, right. you know the 10th time. Now, have you taken a lot of the things you've learned from him and kind of put them in your toolbox as a coach? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Between Abe Grossfeld and another gentleman by the name of John Trietta, who uh, produced, incidentally, all the uh, fitness shows back in the, uh, the, the 80s, all of the uh, body shaping shows <laughs> that were on location. Uh, he was my high school coach and got me involved in the sport, uh, stayed closely connected to him. So between uh, John Trietta and Abe Grossfeld, those were my mentors, you know, in and out of the gym. That's awesome. Was uh is Abe? Was he a tough coach, hard nosed guy? Was he a players coach? Oh, not even. It, he was a coach that was a list. So if if you wanted to be good, here's the list. Either participate in it or don't. <laughs> and that was it. Yeah, that, that was it. He was like, "This is how you're going to be successful. You follow this list." Oh, absolutely. I'll take you to the promise line. Oh yeah, and he, and he had the athletes to back it up. So walking into this environment at Southern, you know, we had you know, Olympic medalists, we had world championship athletes, and guys that were on the national team. So, you know, to want to, to aspire to be like them, you need to follow the list. Yep. Tell me about the national team, 1982. Let me hear about that experience. Um, you know, it was actually pretty uh, – <laughs> uh, during the NCAA championship, qualifying to the event, uh, I met at nationals, and, and I finished, like, next to last going to NCAA nationals. So at the meet, I remember saying to some of the other athletes, I told them, listen, I'm going to make this team. I'm going to make this team. Just wait and see. I'm going to make the team. A few weeks later, qualifying meet that was here, qualified in, and then at the championships, finished in the, uh, the top 20 guys in the country. But my ultimate motivation, believe it or not, was my, my roommates were on the national team a year mm-hmm. before me, and um, they were given an assignment to go to China. So prior to the assignment, all of their gear came. So okay. the gear came here to the field house. So this gigantic box came in, and it had the latest USA gear, you know, stuff that you couldn't buy. And I wanted that thing. <laughs> you wanted the gear. I wanted the box, you know. So my motivation was I got to get the box. Yep. So when I made the national team uh, up in Syracuse, New York, back in uh, June of 82, um, they assigned all the athletes to go to, you know, the, to pick up your gear. None of this stuff fit me. Because it was all for little guys. So I took it anyway. I'm like, I'm here for the box. Yeah. It's like it's like Sully ordered it for you, basically. Yeah, yeah. Nothing yeah. ever fit. Yeah, nothing didn't fit. Yeah, it didn't fit. So this is a two-part question. What was the recruiting process like for you 
um, to get to Southern back in 78, 77. And, and that, what was it, what was it like to come here? What was the, the pitch to get you here? What was the draw to come here? Well, the draw was the coaching. Mm -hmm. The coaching was the draw. You know, I've turned down scholarships in other places to come be in this environment, uh, along with some of my other uh, teammates, Mario McCutcheon, Wally Miller, guys that have, you know, did uh, some pretty big things in the sport. So that was usually the draw, was just having to come in and, and being that environment where you had good athletes. Mm -hmm. And I started so late to begin with. You know, right. I came in the Southern. I, I did like a, like a full twist on the floor. I thought I was... <laughs> I thought I was it until I walked <laughs> in here and, you know, saw everybody doing all this fantastic stuff. What about just from a campus perspective, from a academic side? What was that, you know, was it, what was your major? Like, what was, when you first walked this campus, what was your thought of it? I was in a different world. Right. I, coming from New York City and coming from an all-boys high school, mm -hmm. 7,200 students. Now coming to Southern, it was like a five-to-one ratio with girls and guys. Right. So it was, it was a completely diff different atmosphere. Uh, but my focus was, you know, the sport. Right. That was that was my focus. So what have you noticed now? I mean, I know that you've been local to the area because you've been in Bridgeport. It's not a, it's not a far drive to come from UB right. to New Haven and vice versa. What have you noticed now about the difference in this campus? You know, when you bring a student athlete on campus to recruit them, what what could you say to them now to say, geez, when I was a student athlete here, we didn't have this nice students. You know, what oh, what, yeah. what have you noticed is a big difference now? Yeah, we, I mean, it's a completely different place. This is a much easier sell. If I can sell athletes to that other school mm -hmm. uh, to come there, you know, with an excess of 30, 32 athletes on a team with, uh, you know, four scholarships, actually, you know, two and a half scholarships, I can definitely do it here. Right. So here there's more to a regular campus environment. You know, we got a football team, fully funded um, sports, right. so to speak. So uh, it's in a much easier sell. Beautiful campus, yeah. much different. So uh, all of the all of the dirt pathways now <laughs> are now paved. They're nice now, right? Uh, this is great, man. So after you graduated Southern, tell the listeners, you know, your coaching resume that led you, you know, back to back to Southern briefly. Well, you know, it was interesting. Um, I, I took a job coming out of, uh, of, of Southern up in Rhode Island. And um, taking that job, I knew nothing of, let's say, women's gymnastics. Mm -hmm. Really didn't have an interest. But, you know, there was a big 25 grand back in 82, you know, coming from zero. To, <laughs> that was like a big, you know, it was a big deal. So yeah. I took the position there and was working in the gym, working with kids. Uh, and then, you know, one day I decided, you know, I'm going to train these athletes like I train. And then that's when it all began. Okay. So developing student athletes then, I then came back down to um, uh, to Connecticut and coached and developed uh, a gymnastics program called Catch Gymnastics in Cheshire, Connecticut, where we've had, you know, over 100 kids, you know, scholarshiped in many forms to various universities. Um, and uh, we did a lot, did a lot there. So, and then I went to Yale for a year and helped them out. Um, so being back here is actually a lot of fun. It really is. And every time I had to come on campus with the other teams that I've coached, I had to walk on campus with blinders because I was envious <laughs> of all the stuff that they have now that we didn't have then. Yeah. So now I can look around freely. I can point stuff out like, right. hey, here's there, there's, you know, it's That's a lot awesome. of fun. So now you've officially been our head coach for about a month now, a little less than a month? Uh, right? Two weeks. Right, so this two weeks. going on the third week. So this could be a, a, a semi-difficult question, but what do you think about our current roster of student-athletes? What do you think about um, 
just the, the team that we have or the team that you have right now? Uh, well, um, you know, we have a lot of work to do. Mm-hmm. Um, good kids, uh, I would say that they have the potential to really be winners. I think once we start to change the culture, they're going to start to believe in themselves, which then in turn will put us in a competitive light. So uh, we have the tools here to, to do everything we need. We just have to make sure that um, those guys start to believe. And it's going to take a team effort, you know. I'm a team guy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to take, you know, from equipment to facilities to the training room, sure. which I've referred to earlier as Grand Central Station. You know, right. everybody mm-hmm. goes through the training room right. um, and any other sport, the other coaches, too. So um, it's a lot of work. And I, I believe that we're going to I know we're going to we're going to do it. Right. Right. It's going to happen. So, Byron, I noticed that you were the national coach of the year four times. Oh, nine. 10, 12, and 13. What happened in 2011? <laughs> then it became a popularity contest. They had to spread it around. No, I don't know what happened. Listen, I, I think. <laughs> you were the coach there in 11 too, was, right? Yeah. Every year I am. You know, I do the work, you know, and, and not to take anything away from the other coaches. Uh, but, you know, for me, and I really care about the student athletes more so than just the, just the sport part. Um, and the fact that they can come in and they learn. That's basically, I'm, I'm a teacher. So it, it's a lot of fun that way. Um, also, I noticed, and, and me, me and you just talking all, offline, that you also, you know, coached your kids growing up. I saw in your bio that you, you coached at Xavier High School as well. So tell me about some other, other sports you like to coach other than gymnastics. Um, well, I can tell you, I, and I was like a great preschool teacher. <laughs> You were? <laughs> oh, heck yeah. I went from preschool <laughs> to college in one day, you know, coaching, you know, working with little kids, um, you know. And for those guys, it's just, you know, it's all fun for them. You can yeah. leave it and come back and pick up, you know, the next day or the next week. But I would say coaching my kids, it was rewarding and tough, you know, because mm-hmm. I was the last person that they would listen to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, So what I did was uh, when the kids started to get real competitive, I hired a coach to be the assistant, and I coached my my kids through the assistant. That's a you know, smart idea. What to do? You know, like it's hey, a really you good idea. Listen to this, guy. right? <laughs> you know? no. right. So I, I did it all through through another coach. So, so you've been coaching for for quite a while. Yes. What is this year? I mean, obviously, it's very different. How would, describe some of the challenges this year with with COVID and all the restrictions? How hard it is, or how difficult it is to coach um, the way you would like to coach with all these different restrictions and, and things that are, are placed upon everybody? Um, the restriction part is not a hard part for me. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, you know, number one in gymnastics, you know, our, our priority is to be safe. Mm-hmm. So if it means keeping everybody healthy and to be safe, we're all playing by the same rules, then, you know, I, I'm good to go. Um, the hard part is not having all the tools that are necessary to get the job done. So right now we're trying to be, we're trying to improvise mm-hmm. with uh with some of the, the things that we don't have. We're not complaining about it, but at the same time, you know, we know that down the road we're going to fundraise and things are going to change and we're going to make this thing happen. Uh, but for the most part, you know, being safe is always mm-hmm. the number one priority. And then from there, you know, having the tools. That's one thing working with, you know, we want, we need power tools. You right. know, we, we can get this thing done much quicker if we <laughs> give some electric drills and, you know, this hammer and nail thing, you know, it can be done, but... 
you know, there's a time timetable there. Well, if anybody can get you electric stuff, it's got to be Cubby over here, right? You can, <laughs> yeah, work order. <laughs> Throw in work order. Well, I tell you, some of the uh, the seniors on the team, those are the kids that we really want to service and focus on because sure. you know, if uh, this is the last lap for them, so anything, especially with a new regime coming in, mm -hmm. a new environment. So we want to make sure that we service those kids and everybody else in, involved, you know, that are watching and know what's going to happen the following year. So, you know, either you're in line or, you know, you're waiting in line or, you know, you, right. you got to make a, make a choice. Right. I have a two part question. Sure. What event um, did you uh, partake in when you were an athlete here at Southern? Well, we had to do the all-around. That was typically all it was the all-around, yes. Oh, okay. so it was every event, all six events. So My best was the high bar, though. Best was the high bar? Do you have a favorite one to coach? Uh, in Well, in women's gymnastics, yeah. I would say bars. Bars are your that, favorite? You know, uh, I, I say bars because a lot of college coaches recruit athletes that can already do the event because they, um, they want to plug in players – Mm -hmm. where other athletes have graduated. So if there's an athlete that was averaging a 9.9 .9 or a 9.8, they're going to look for athletes that, that are similar in, in uh, stature that can replace those kids. Okay. I'm looking at the athletes, number one, how good you want to be. And, and if you have a weak area, we'll use the first year as a developmental year. So it's almost like we're redshirting that athlete on that piece of apparatus you're gonna, we're gonna go back to basics and work mm -hmm. some of the things, and then develop their their uh, their skill craft uh, down the road. So by the time they're juniors and seniors, you know we have athletes that can compete with any of the kids in the country. Okay. So it's that system that's actually that's 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 made it a little bit easier to work. What's your most memorable story from your playing days, from your comp uh, your competition days here? Well, there's actually a couple. I can tell you one that was funny to everyone, everyone else, um, and that was uh, I was on the rings, and um, I was doing a, what we call the press handstand. It was towards the end of the routine, and I just got halfway there, and I hit a wall. So before I was able to straighten my arms out and dismount, I heard the guys on the team started to snicker and laugh and chuckle and and I'm pushing and straining, and and no sooner than I, you know, hit a handstand, I dismounted, and, you know, they were all laughing and clowning, and it was, it was really funny, but Abe says, you know, he didn't give up, you know, he didn't <laughs> give up, <laughs> and then he laughed. <laughs> so, I have a, I have a difficult question for you. You were born in the Bronx? Born in Harlem. Born in Harlem? Then moved up to the suburbs in the Bronx. Okay. I, I kid. That's not the suburbs. <laughs> it was the South. <laughs> but I moved up to the I moved in the Bronx, yeah. Nice. South Bronx. It was, uh, it was a rough, rough, rough going. Rough growing. You know, what's interesting is growing up in that Harlem environment, it mm -hmm. was completely different than any place that you can imagine growing up in okay. the 60s. So now I'm going way, way back. How did you get into gymnastics? I got into gymnastics through high school. My high school... Having uh, such a large high school, uh, we went through various sports every year. So gymnastics was like a mandatory gym class. So I had a gym class in gymnastics my freshman year. So the following year, I decided, hey, I'm going to try out for the team. And, and no sooner than I tried out for the team, you know, I, I mentioned it to other people. And, well, you know, you started too late. You know, you're too tall. You're too skinny. I fixed that, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> 
But, you know, that was my first experience with it. I had so many negatives, like, being hit with. I went, you know what? I'm not that guy, you know. I'm going to just prove to you that, you know. I like that. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. And, you know, and uh, it, it was a lot of, it was a lot of fun. I, I learned a lot of lessons through there and gained a lot of respect from my coaches uh, with some of the lessons that they've actually taught me, too. Did you do any other sports in high school? Oh, yeah. I was, football was it. Yeah. Football, basketball. I was going to go pro something. Right. I, I was, right. I felt like I was that good. That's but awesome. that gymnastics part of it was, you know, that challenge. So to make a national team with all those, uh, you know, hurdles, so to speak, mm-hmm. um, sort of in my mind was proof to me that I, I could have done that. You could have uh, been an NBA player, an NFL player, no big deal. I felt I could have. I like it. I felt I felt You need I that confidence. Yeah, man. I'm, you know, I, I worked for it, too. I, I, I didn't do it. It didn't, it didn't just happen, but, yeah. you know, this gymnastics thing is a lifestyle. This is not an off-season, on-season thing. Mm-hmm. You know, when Abe left the gym around 6, 6.30, I'm still here till 8. You know, right. no sooner than the coach leaves, it was it was different. NCAA rules are different then. You can just show up and go or stay whenever. <laughs> yeah, Matt, Matt, yeah. Matt Lukowski should turn this off right now, I think, right? right? Yeah, right. It, it was different then. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you right now, you know, I, I've, I, you know, we made sure that, you know, like now, you know, we, we abide by every single rule there is in, in terms of, you know, NCAA compliance, you know. All of those 1,238 hours and 16 minutes <laughs> and 15 seconds, I did not cross the line. Okay, that's perfect. Yeah, I just want to uh, take this time to thank yeah. all the listeners yeah. out there for rating, subscribing, reviewing. You can find us on iTunes and Spotify, so thank you all to the listeners out there. So here's something that I'll say, and it's not because you're in our presence right now, but I've been here for, I don't know, a total of, like, I think it said 17 years, somewhere in the neighborhood between my student time. And all this time, we've crossed paths. We've probably said hello to each other. We've probably shaken hands. We we may have met. But you are by far one of the most personable coaches. And like we said, you've been here for two weeks. And this is awesome to be able to sit here and have a great conversation. I mean, we've had Coach Lynch on and, and Jay, people I've known for a while. But the fact that I've known you for two weeks, like I'm so excited that you are our women's gymnastics coach and you're representing our university because it's just awesome. It's awesome to sit here and talk to you and your history here. It's great. I'm 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 thrilled. Well, listen, I, I'm happy to be here. Like I said before, it's, for me, it's more about the team. It really is a team. And, and having that sort of environment where, you know, I can see coaches and, hey, coach, you know, yeah. um, you know, see the basketball team. Hey, girls, how you guys doing? How's you working? You know, how's workout? Are you guys really good? You know, asking <laughs> questions like that. Yeah. Uh, and even offered assistance with coaches, uh, you know, do flexibility, right. which I've done at Bridgeport. I've worked with uh, between the basketball teams and volleyball teams, the soccer teams, you know, incorporate a flexibility program for those kids uh, along with – uh, developing an intramural program too, so it's awesome. um, it, it was. I have a lot of fun with it, right? You know, but, but make no mistake. You know, on the work side, we're working, right? You know, we're working. So something a lot of our listeners don't know is the the way our facilities are set up here. We're not a big Division one school where you know our basketball team has their own facility and our track mm-hmm. has their own. So what, what they don't know is that there's potentially times where we have track practice going on. You have men's or women's basketball practice going on all at the same time as gymnastics going on and all in a very small area. Have you found that challenging yet or so far? Is it something you've dealt with in other places? I just always find like it's got to be so hard to get to keep focus with all these factors around you. Well, normally, yes. But growing up and training in this environment, it's like training in the fishbowl. So (laughs) 
and the plus is you always have eyes on you. Right. And in mm-hmm. gymnastics, it's a, a performance sport. Right. You raise your hand to go, and then you know you have more eyes on you, right. so you feel a little bit, you know, like I want to <laughs> show. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Whereas the girls in the past, they've sort of seg, they sort of staged their workouts in the other gym, mm-hmm. and it was a little closed environment. Um, and I think that it played to uh, their disadvantage to not be in the field house more doing more of the all four apparatuses sure. rather than just with it, you know the floor and the beam, I mean, the right. floor and the vault that's over here so right. one of the things I'd like to do is to do more of that so you'll see you're going to see us more downstairs it's awesome. I'm bringing more equipment over to so they put them on stage uh, where and there may be a time where I may ask you know I run into you guys and hey listen you know Chris come on over just I want you to like take a look at this routine you know sort of put the kids <laughs> on the spot yeah, you know, so um, it 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 actually serves them better to be in this environment, especially if we're going to be, you know, at the big schools competing, sure. TV cameras on them, you know, at UCLA and all the big schools because that that's the goal is to get back to those to those venues. But it's nuts that I would have never thought about that until he said that. Like you just said, that was a great point. Like I never in my mind would I think like, oh, that's a good oh, thing to is. have all that kind right. of commotion going on. Oh, like yeah. that would never cross my mind. Keep, keep, yeah, keep them focused. Yep. Yeah, if you ever need me or Chris, we'll come down. Listen, we just get you some ten O cards. You know, yeah, they do it in the slam dunk. I, we, have access, we have access. Yeah. To the, uh, get, we'll the, the the to the we have access to the flashers. We can do. We can just do it for you All like right. it's a meet. Let right, us know, you're Coach. On. You're <laughs> Let's on. do it. So now we have the. Uh, this is the most challenging part of this uh, this podcast now for you. I think it's it's going to be the formerly known as the, the lightning round. fire. The the lightning round. The lightning round. The lightning round is going to start now. So. There's no is wrong like answers. A cash prize at the end There's of this lightning round. <laughs> no, but that we that, still have a sponsor. Nice. We don't have a sponsor yet. <laughs> right. So, yeah. So I'm going to ask you a question. Just the first thing that pops to your mind. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I know you've you've traveled a lot of, a lot of places uh, through gymnastics. So what was your favorite place that you ever traveled to? Uh, favorite place I traveled to was uh, Germany. It was Cologne, uh, Germany. It was it was a, it was was a it lot for? of fun, uh, gymnastics competition. Awesome. Yeah, you know it was good because uh, you know it was different as a coach than an athlete. When you travel as an athlete, you're focused only on the event. Right. You mm-hmm. travel as a coach, it's the athlete and the event, but you have free time. But you know, if you were you know a tourist, it's just you know eat and hang out. But uh, I'd say uh, uh, Cologne, West Germany at the time. Did you in, did in you win too? We we finished. We finished third place, and it was the first time we finished medaled at all at that meet. Awesome! So awesome. and didn't take and didn't take a um, didn't take a, a very good team, but we we nailed it. That's awesome. If you could be one animal, what would it be? I'd probably be a black panther because I'm scared snot of those things. That's why. <laughs> I like it. Okay, that's scary the, to that's me. The first one. Have ever seen only one? Only thing that I'm right. afraid of. Okay. Have you ever seen you one? Know, guys with knives and machetes. <laughs> ah, I'm good. But a that, black. Oh, I can't. I go to the zoo. I can't even look at the thing. <laughs> I gotta look away. I'm like, damn. She looking at me. <laughs> Favorite movie. It's time to. Uh, it's a Wonderful Life. Okay. I like that one. I love that's that. That's a movie. good answer. Classic. That's a really good answer. Favorite mu- music artist? Um, favorite music artist would be, I got so many of them. Give me I a would couple. Say, I would say, um, uh, Stevie Wonder's one. You know, I love Stevie Wonder, you know, his music. Um, I love Rakim, you know, in the rap game, a little mm-hmm. bit sort of old school. Nice. I love Rakim. Rakim. I love Rakim. 
Ken loves Rakim. Greatest lyricist of all time. Yeah, man. He's like, he's good. He's good. <laughs> one thing off your bucket list that you haven't done yet? Um, One thing that I haven't done yet, I'd like to go to Europe backpacking with little, the little, the, the, I would say maybe a hundred bucks. Just figure it just, out. Just try to figure it out going across. I'm like anxious thinking about that. Yeah, yeah that would make me anxious, a, but yeah, that's I, awesome. <laughs> that's oh, awesome. You know, and, and I say that to my family, and they go, oh, Dad, come on. <laughs> come on. And I'm like, There's horror you know, movies that start like that. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah I, I mean, I, I've done some stuff before. Oh, God. You know, I, I've done some stuff, but this is this would be like right up there with, uh, you know, the, the clean version of the stuff that I've done. Nice. I like to do. Uh, favorite athlete that inspired you growing up? Uh, Muhammad Ali. And if you could Just have one. move. Stick and move, baby. That's it. If you could have one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? Popeyes. <laughs> All right. There you go. You didn't even finish hey. and he had it out. He knew exactly uh, what yeah. it was. Oh, he knew exactly listen. what it was. We actually yeah. talked about this before, Popeyes. Yeah, we talk- yeah. Hey, listen. It's delicious. Popeyes gift cards. That's it. Kids, I tell these kids. <laughs> Christmas listen, time. All it will cost now. you. You want to learn a skill? Listen. Wings or Popeyes, either or. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good to go. That was the lightning round? That was it. Oh, that was it. So, so you, did we scrap the que- the dinner question? Did we I didn't scrap it, but we can Let's ask go it. Go back to the I've, dinner question. I feel All like right. Coach Knox would be a yeah, I, I got to tell you, we're having a great conversation here. We're having a great talk. Yeah. Like, this is and a great I, podcast. And I, I, I kind of want to keep it going. He's the He would have fantastic answers All right. to this question. You ready, Coach? I'm ready. Get four people at the dinner table that are alive. Who would it be? Could be anybody. Anybody. Anybody? anybody Doesn't have to be your family. Doesn't have to be. Can what? be. It can be, all right. Okay, I would. I would definitely would like to have uh, Muhammad Ali. You know, not in any order. Muhammad mm-hmm. Ali, yep. definitely my grandparents, who inspired me uh, to be the young man that I am because I'm still sort of young. Yeah. Um, and I would say, um, uh, I can't think of his name. He's um, he went to my high school many many years ago. He's the uh, author of. Oh man, I can't think of his name. Um, I'll come. I'll come back to him. Um, and then the the fourth person is um, I would say Michael Jordan. That'd be a great one. I, I'd I'd like to find out outside of the 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 uh, you know that telecast he had. You know what really motivated him to become you know the guy that he is. I mentioned earlier to you that my son plays professional football, and we, we talk about this all the time. Yeah. As good as LeBron James is, as good as Michael Jordan was, or any sport, and any athlete, there was always somebody in their neighborhood that was always better. Now, who was that guy to them? So hmm. with Michael Jordan, as good as he is, who was that guy that he wanted to emulate and be better than? Same thing with uh, LeBron James. So with that being said, I use that as a segue to my athletes. I mean, that could be you. You could be the very next Simone Biles, you know, A. So um, using athletes that were there uh, prior to, um, I sort of use them as motivation. That's awesome. I can't think of the guy's name. He's the author of of, uh, a book. He's a... um, Yeah, uh, he went to Dewey Clinton High School. Man, I feel so, like, out of it because I... Uh, I just I just saw him do a debate with uh, on YouTube with uh, with uh, Dr. Buckley over in um, over in London at the time. Um, 
can't think of his name. Now I'm gonna have to try to find this. He's an author. He's a we're yeah. feverishly famous looking author. This up. Famous we're gonna, author. We're gonna fact check right now. We're gonna get this fact answer. check. Try and hunt this down. Famous author. Let's see. I mean, we're we're gonna we're gonna see if we can, we're on air trying to find this out as we go, which I, which I like. Let's see here. Um, you said it was DeWitt High School. DeWitt Clinton High School, Bronx, okay. New York. So we're, we're, I'm looking up some of their famous alums. Wow. Damn, I, I can't, I'm just, I just drew a blank. Good thing this wasn't on the lightning round. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I threw this I one in. I, I would have been struck. <laughs> I threw this one in. Class of what? You graduated your, around your time? No, 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 no. Not a classmate of mine. He was a former alumnus. Um, big time. Ta- Baldwin. James Baldwin. James Baldwin. Yeah. James, James Baldwin. Baldwin. James Baldwin. See? Okay. I knew it would come to you. You just had to be patient. James Baldwin, yeah. That's great. So this has been awesome. I, yeah. I re- We appreciate you coming on today, uh, taking time out of your crazy schedule. I know everybody's been busy trying to, uh, with with life, dealing with the pandemic and, and, and coaching and everything else that's been going on. It's uh, we, we appreciate you being able to take the time out to – to join us for this podcast and, and welcome fill us to in the on, team. Welcome to the team. I'm, hey, I'm listen, Coach I'm, Byron Knox. Hey, yeah, I'm there. If you guys need to fill in, let me know. I'll this be able to you know, do like a super lightning round. Right. And I, and, I, and I stand by what I said. This was from my standpoint of our podcast. They've all been great. Now, I'm not taking anything away from anybody. But the fact that this has been the uh, really the, probably the first conversation we've had, and you've been here for two weeks. This was an awesome conversation. And, and like I said, I, I we could go over all your accolades, but it, it would take up almost the entire segment. That's how decorated your career has been and, and everything that you've done so we're we're super excited to have you here and we can't wait to see uh what you're able to do and i'm going on the record now we're going to win we're excited we, we, we got are excited we got a group of kids that are really excited and you know with the kids that are coming in you know uh next year um we're going to do some pretty pretty outstanding things we're going to catch everybody you know catch them by surprise well you heard you know they think that we're because we're in last place and we we're in last place last year they're just you know sort of over, overlooked it they know now we're going to come in and work them so we're going to do a, it with the kids that that's we have. a first on the all or nothing podcast what's that he, we got a we got a guarantee of uh, some yeah, victory here. i love it you me call too. up the southern news me too <laughs> I, i'm excited so and I and yeah. we love hosting things. So oh, yeah. the more we can host here, let's do it. The better. Right. Let's let's host some let's host some national championships here. Yeah, we're definitely gonna do that. We you know, we've done it once before. Yeah. So I think that once we get uh you know, we get everybody to buy into this thing and you know, we've got a few things set up with some of the uh, community centers around town in New Newhallville and Brookside and uh, the Q House things that I've been real close to doing. I mean, I w- I'm close to and I've done in the past. We're definitely going to get the community involved in this thing and and make these kids here feel like they're they're important. So. Awesome. Well, welcome to the team, yeah, Byron right, Knox, six-time national champion, consecutive, consecutive. consecutive. Don't leave that I like that. Hey, I, I earned that. I don't deserve that. <laughs> yes, sir. All, All or, nothing. or nothing. Tuesdays and Fridays, you can catch us every Tuesday, every Friday. Don't know who we're going to have next week, but uh, it's going to be hard to beat this one. It's going to be all hard to beat this podcast. Thank you to all the listeners. Thanks. Great subscribe review. Find us on iTunes, Spotify. Out or nothing out. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, Coach. <laughs>